Hello and welcome back to an episode of Beyond the Fence podcast. Uh, we've had a few weeks off for technical difficulties, i.e. my seven-year-old MacBook Air finally um, carking it and not turning back on after I accidentally let the battery run out. Uh, so I thought we'd return with a bit of an NBA episode talking about the awards and also the playoffs. And to join me today, uh, yeah, look, it's I've really dug deep to find this guest. Uh, Tim Ray's back. Tim, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You've brought me back. Um, yeah, I, I mean, said- there's, there's not much else to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, the running joke now, like, you're just going to end up co-hosting this, but I think we've done all right to branch out so far, but yes, this is, what, your third appearance on this version of our Yeah, I think, video. what, have I been on <laughs> half of them? Maybe that's pretty good for you. <laughs> no, <Now, laughs> this is episode seven, so what's that, 43%? Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, you're shooting up, you're shooting right from shooting pretty, pretty good. Top, you're doing all right, yeah. 50, 40, 90. 50% of the uh, work, 40% of the appearance, 90% of the recognition. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but yes, obviously, they have been, the NBA has been, they have been gradually announcing the award winners for the 2021 NBA season. Just out of first glance, before we get into any sort of Let's call it analysis. Um, any shocks, surprises, or just that first reaction? Um, well, I'll say firstly that I much prefer this model of announcing the awards than, obviously they weren't going to hold an, an award show this year, but I think it's much better that they just announce them during the playoffs. Um, yes. Because the award show was shamble. But yeah, I, probably <laughs> not any shocks really. Um yeah, I, mean, well, I think I also, yeah. yeah, also having the, uh, the this model of announcement like during the playoffs rather than a month after doesn't allow the narrative to be shifted by what happens in the playoffs as much as it would were yeah. it to be. Although, like, as you, you see it every year, like in both of Giannis's MVP seasons where he was just so dominant regular season and then you go to the playoffs and he'd, you know, he'd falter. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is, how can you have this guy as the MVP? He can't even win a championship. Like, well, it's a regular season award. Well, I think even worse than that, they gave uh, Budenholzer the coach of the year after he'd been, like, slapped <laughs> by Nick Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's basically... I, to be honest, I'd prefer them give it out earlier. But, like, I understand they want to stagger it throughout the playoffs um, and, like, give it to players after their teams have advanced, particularly. But, like... Yeah, it, that does somewhat also, like you said, the narrative does change dramatically during the playoffs because you're getting people watching teams intensely for the first time, usually. Um, you know, they're probably only... I saw people say this about voters. You know, most voters probably only watch each team like two to four times. So that's why you get such a wide variety of wild votes on particularly all... Uh, or not necessarily all NBA, but mostly all defence... <laughs> It's just an absolute crapshoot of votes. <laughs> and you you get that yeah. because you get local riders that see teams twice a year. And if that player doesn't happen to play well and they don't have sort of a narrative behind them, it's very tough to get that vote. Yeah. Um, well, let's just quickly, let's go through the awards. Um, they've all been announced officially except Rookie of the Year and, uh, sorry, uh, Executive of the Year Award. Um, yeah, that's everyone's favourite. That's the one everyone's hanging out for. It's the executive of the year. 
Um, but I guess we'll start with the, the big one, the MVP, Nikola Jokic. Um, far and away, favourite, I would say, just as a body of work over the course of the season. There was a couple of challenges, I guess, Embiid early on. Um, and then also Steph Curry, when he came back from his injury and just started carrying the Warriors, I think were the only two semi-reasonable, I guess, you know, considerations. But Jokic with 91 out of the 100 first-place votes, I'd say that's pretty reflective of the, the season he had in the dominancy, like the dominancy out of the league. Yeah, I think it's uh, very similar to Giannis and Harden, one of those races that was considered close, but then everybody fa- everybody favours one player. Like, Jokic and Embiid seem like the two clear uh, one and one and two, but then everybody went with Jokic for first place anyway. I think over the season, though, it was sort of, there was another challenger like every month, but consistently, yeah. like you said, Jokic was the key guy. It was always Jokic against, um, yeah. So Against someone, yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at the votes. Uh, yeah, Jokic, 91, uh, 91 first place votes. Curry had five. Um, but he came third in MVP voting in total. But yeah, so Curry had five first places. Chris Paul got two, and then uh, let me do this maths. I yep. think I, w- I would say those Chris Paul votes are very recent as well. That really yeah. kicked on towards the end of the year. Yeah, um, when they kind of locked up that yeah. what, second seed. And he just I guess. like managed to get credit for everything the Suns have done. Yeah, because I mean... It, Outside of, oh, sorry, just to finish off, Embiid and Giannis, the other two first-place votes, and then a random one, which I'll get to later. Um, but, yeah, so Chris Paul, I guess the perception there being, you know, Phoenix had largely the same roster as last year, you know, at least in terms of the key pieces, you know, Aiton, Booker, Michael, yep. uh, Michael, Michael, former Leeds United striker Michael Bridges. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mikael Bridges, um, you know, et al., all yep. those guys. And then you just add Chris Paul, and it just creates this perception yeah, you swap Paul for Rubio, and all of a sudden they've gone from like what a ninth, an undefeated bubble team, but ninth, to yeah. what, second in the West and looking like a pretty strong favorite. Not strong favorite, but you know. Decent. No, I'd agree with that. Like, the, I mean, they're, they're the team that I'd, have found I'd, the playoffs I'd the easiest. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd favor them slightly over Utah right now to advance out of the West. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think you're right in that Chris Paul has been. I don't want to say unfair, not unfair. I don't want to say overrated by the voters. Well, it's nice uh, to see him being appreciated, right? Yeah. Because like a guy that probably hasn't over his career achieved what you what he he should have, um, or what what like you know what I mean, like how his career yeah. has panned out, not always gone to plan, I guess. But well, yeah, maybe too second, much love. He's always been a second. Well, since he left New Orleans, he's always been that second um that second bow i guess yeah. to like the blake griffins um in la to when he goes to houston um with uh james harden obviously yeah. that one year in okc where he was just basically the daycare teacher but then <laughs> all of a, all of a sudden i guess this seems like an accumulation of like five or six years now when people are like oh actually you know what it's a similar thing to, I guess, when like a, a fringe guy makes the all-star team. Like people vote for him because he's having a good season and they know he's never going to be that good again. Mike Conley, yeah. Yeah, like Kyle Korver, for example, who just got oh, in. Yeah. Purely, he, was, yeah. um, well, he, he got in as well Chris because Middleton. people wanted to see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess Chris Middleton. 
Um, although, oh, no. like, I really probably should have made it this year. Um, but yes, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that, and that happens a lot in the NBA, especially awards voting, where you're looking at uh, reputation plays large in a lot of these things. Yeah. Well, you say that it's it's interesting you say that. So, um, like uh, on the reputation, three of the more recent MVPs of the league, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, LeBron James. Harden and LeBron only get one fifth place vote or overall, and Westbrook won third place vote. Now, LeBron and the Lakers had a, you know, up and down year. Harden, obviously, that third banana of getting votes taken off him, um, I guess just by how good Durant and Irving are, even though neither of them actually made the... Uh, receive votes in any capacity, which is just strange considering you vote for five people and like no one had Durant on their ballot at all. I think with those three, you're looking at like they collectively played like one season's worth of games between the three of them. Like it always just seemed like one or two of them were out. So that's, I think, why they don't factor into particularly MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Harden had that run where he was sort of playing as the sole net and he looked like Rockets MVP Harden. I think that's why he got what ends up being one vote. It's also funny to me that LeBron ends up with just one fifth place vote after, like mid-season. Pe- people could have sworn to you that it was a race between him and Jokic. Like he was one of those guys that was like flavor of the month, um, second in MVP. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and then you look at some of the other guys down the bottom. Uh, ben Simmons getting a couple of uh, getting a third place, uh, sorry, fourth place vote. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's around there, Rudy Gobert. Uh, Julius Randle got some decent love from the voters. Damian Lillard, uh, Doncic, obviously. But uh, the one I really want to talk about is Derek Rose. So got absolutely no votes from any of the writers or, like, the, the actual voters. Um, but this thing that, I guess, slipped under my radar, maybe you knew about it, but I certainly didn't, uh, the fans getting an accumulative first-place vote, which I didn't even know that fans were voting on MVP. But, yeah, apparently the uh, the winner of that fan vote got a first-place vote. And, obviously, Derek Rose, having the most online fan base ever, won that, <laughs> won that first-place vote. I don't think anybody knew about it, and that's why the Derek, like only Derek Rose fans knew about <laughs> this thing. Like, I don't, like, I Googled it when it, when it was yeah. sort of, uh, said that he won a fan vote, and you can't find anything about it. It's I typed in, like, MVP fan vote, and it comes up with the All-Star Game stuff. There's no... Like, it just feels like something that if it were real... That's why it just feels fake, because if it was real, the NBA would have pushed it to some degree. And I don't... Like, yeah. I don't know what... I don't know if they ever got... If we ever got clarification about what actually the process was here. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think it's funny, because, like, Rose... I mean, well, yeah, it's it's yeah, especially funny that Rose Rose gets it, yeah. Um, but like, come on, guys, he's thirty three years old or thirty two, like coming off the bench. Like, if this was a six six man one, then sure, I can understand. He probably was up there in six man voting, but he also I mean, played how many? Um, he split his season, right? Yeah, yeah. How many games did he play for Detroit? That was like a knock on Harden. It's like, are you going to award? Uh, MVP votes for a guy that like quit on his team and it's going to count as that full season. Like Derek Rose also split. How many games he played in Detroit? Like 
20. Yeah, so I'm looking at He played 15 for Detroit, 35 for New York. I wouldn't say Rose quit on the Pistons, but yes, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... We like I, to, I guess, weight MVP voting as well on team success, and then the fans are just like... So, like, it's the same thing as, like, um, if it was Jokic versus... I don't know who, who else was up there in MVP voting. Like, these are all on good teams. That's a problem. Like, let's just say, for, for instance, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, or even, like, OKC Chris Paul. Like, you know, bad team, but, you know, getting an MVP consideration... Everyone online is always quick to be like, oh, yeah, but he's contributing to wins. And then they just yeah. do the complete 180 and give it to... I mean, it's Rose stands. Like, there's no point arguing with them, but... Well, I mean, they're not voting for this season. They're voting for the season that he had 10 years ago. That's that's the heart of the Rose fandom. Is the, that undeser- the, undeser- the undeserved MVP, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just seems like, yeah, different reality, <laughs> the Rose fans. <laughs> um, before we move on from the MVP, I just wanted to quickly ask you this um, about the fan vote. What would ha- what would your reaction be if this was the tiebreaker? Like, obviously, it didn't matter this year, but yeah. what if this was a tiebreaker? Like, let's say uh, Jokic and Embiid both got uh, 50 first place votes, and like, yeah, they're within like you know that like within what is it 10 points of each other. Um, and then yeah. one of them gets that fan vote, and that's what gives them the MVP. Are you comfortable with that outcome? I mean, evidently not. I, do Do we even know if the fan vote there was a second, third, fourth, and fifth, and who got them? Like, no. I, well, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's yeah, there's the the issue is is that it's very rare to happen, but there is that sort of issue that it could decide. Yeah. The, MV- the MVP, like, either way. Um, but then, like, yeah. I mean, it's sort of semantics, really, isn't it? it? Like, if if two players have deserved, like, 49 votes each and then there's that fan vote splitting them, like, is it... I guess that's a little less controversial then. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I would be interested well, to see if there there was a second... Who got second, third, fourth, and fifth? Obviously, yeah, it well, wasn't. It wasn't clearly as far fetched as the Rose pick <laughs> because looking at the, you know, looking at the other players on the list, it's the usual suspects. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm not. Yeah. Maybe the fans voted Doncic second, and that's why he's only got one second place vote. Oh, well, I'm. I'm trying to do the quick maths in my head. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's 101 second place votes. Yeah. So, yeah, my assumption is going to be Donk uh, got it, but, I mean, it could be anyone. Um, Actually, no, Philadelphia fans are very online, so it could have been Embiid. Well, I'd I'd assume a Philadelphia writer is how Ben Simmons got his fourth place vote. And and also how Rudy Gobert got his fourth place vote was probably a Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why, well, that's you see these biases come out in the in the voting. Yeah, well, the local B yeah, writers. I brought up the, yeah, yeah. That's why I brought up the Nets thing because, like, like as you say, um, I was going to make this point, but then I got sidetracked by the Rose thing. Like, I'm surprised that like at least one Nets guy, like Iron Eagle or whoever gets the vote, yeah. that market didn't have like KD or Harden as a, a fifth place. Like, I'm genuinely surprised. Like, someone hasn't put Jeremy Grant on here. 
Well, typically, the sort of somebody would track um, how each voter would vote, and that would sort of not shame the voters into yeah, well, but like they're being bullied out of it. Yes, because I mean, as I said earlier, like all defensive voting and depoy voting is much worse. At least with MVP, it's the it's the award with the most discourse and. like I guess voters are more likely to conform to the choices that are clearly being presented. Um, I did. Uh, I saw a tweet earlier, which I think there is some element of truth to it that people follow, or voters tend to to because they don't they don't see as much as the of the NBA as someone like Zach Lowe. They will see who he picks and then base their votes on that. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Because realistically, how much of the league can one watch? Like someone like Zach Lowe would be in the, you know, the the high percentage of people that does. And he, how many games would he watch of the league in total? It's certainly lower than fifty percent because it's just not possible. No, unless you literally dedicate like your days to catching up and then your nights watching live, and that's exactly. Like, I, I'd lives. imagine it's it's even in a closer to twenty five percent have lives. Yeah. Um. Well, let's let's pivot away from. The MVP and onto the deep boy. So Rudy Gobert won that, and I'm looking at the voting, um, the voting breakdown now, player-wise. It doesn't appear to be any fan votes because it just looks like an even hundred. Yeah. So Gobert got 84 of the first place votes. Ben Simmons got 15, and Bam Adebayo got one. There's your I, uh, my, yeah, Miami I, Herald yeah. vote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I personally. And again, I don't watch, especially this year, but I don't watch enough of the league to confidently make a case either way. Yeah, but I, I was expecting, at least based on the discourse and what I see online, like Simmons to get more than 15% of the first place votes. Well, I think, as I said with MVP, you get dwindled down to these quote-unquote close races, and then you know the media will sometimes beat it up to, to make it closer than it appears. But then... It's close, but then everybody falls on one side, and then it just looks like it yeah. wasn't a contest at all. I mean, with yeah. it's pretty hard to argue against Gobert this year, particularly how dominant Utah have been, and probably the the lack of contenders as well for this. Like beyond Simmons, could you really? Like I know you said that yeah, you didn't follow the league particularly much. This, up here. Uh, it, Depoy is probably the biggest reputation award, right? Yeah. Um. So you're going to get the guys that are always in sort of all defense discussion. But if there hasn't been some type of like media push or some sort of recognition on like the broadcast throughout the season, I don't, and I don't think there was particularly that for anybody that was outside of these guys, like um, it seemed pretty clear that Gobert was going to win this. Yeah. And I feel like Depoy is the most stat, um, like in terms of the voters, like it's the most box score affected award. I think perhaps it really depends on your sort of how you like. I don't want to say philosophically, but how you view defense in the NBA. Like, yeah. So there's there's um I'd say there's three diverging you know schools of thought at least the way I view it. So you've got your your shot blockers, like you, you know, like your Ben Wallace, your Dikembe Mutombo's, like those, sort, like your Go Bears, like those sorts of guys. Yep. You've got your your Ben Simmons types that can defend one through five at an elite level. 
um, or at least one through four at elite, and five, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's call it elite. He's 6'10". Um, and then you've got your, like, the old school train of thought that's, like, you know, defense is grabbing rebounds. So, like, your, let's say Andre Drummond is up there, even though he's not, like, voting-wise. But, like, you know, that that is a way that people quantify defense just by, like, things like defensive rebounding and rebounding percentages, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we know there's certainly, there was certainly, oh, well, that was last year, but there's certainly one voter that accounts the defensive rebounding. Was that when Andre Andre Drummond got the first place vote for D-Boy? Yeah, who was that? I forget. I can't that remember. But a... he jeezy doubled down on it hard. Even this year. <laughs> it's like, let it go. <laughs> I, I would yeah, add to that that there's also like the, I, I mean, you touched on it with Simmons, but like the, the perimeter guy, like Gary Payton type mould. But I mean, those yeah. are, looking at the votes, like, that's sort of thinned out this year. I've only really got Drew, Jimmy Butler, Tybal, KCP. Yeah, so I was going to... So thank you for stealing my next bit. Yeah. Um, but yes, the, so there are, um, like I said, it, like, and like you said, it's a reputation award perhaps more than others. So you've got, like, you know, Draymond Green has won it however many times. Um, Bam's always up there, reputation. Giannis is always going to be up there just because he's a freak. Then you've got, like, your Capellas and your Embiid's, your Miles Turner's that blocked a lot of shots. And then, yeah, your Holiday's, your Jimmy Butler. Like, Jimmy Butler, I think it's a big reputation one. And KCP. Um, yes. I feel like KCP is also helped by the fact that he's on the Lakers. If he was on, like, the, I don't know. Pistons. If he was on the Orlando Magic. <laughs> if he was on the Orlando Magic or still on the Pistons, like, no one would give a shit. Um, Tybalt is a fair enough one. But, yeah, yeah. again, it's just, like... It's yeah. it's interesting to me that Kawhi didn't get votes, but then given how he sort of load manages the season, I guess that's how you would sort of justify not seeing his name here. But he also heavy reputation as a you know one of the premier defenders in the league. Um, yeah, it's sort of odd to not see his name here. Yeah, but would you say there's anyone else egregious missing off that list? Um. I mean, I feel like that's probably it's probably given how the voting turned out, it's probably better talking about that in terms of all defense. Yeah, and we'll get to that uh, in a few minutes. Uh, or do you just want to go straight to all defense now, and then we'll go. We can go back to the awards. I think it's probably better if we just talk about all defense now. Yeah, we'll talk about all defense. So the all defensive first team: uh, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert. I was going to say Jamichael Green for a second. Draymond Green. Oh, I wish he uh, made. <laughs> uh, Aaron Holiday, uh, Drew Holiday, and ya- and Giannis. Yep. Uh, Simmons, Gobert, Green, Holiday, Giannis, and then the second team is Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Embiid, Tybal, Leonard. See, it um, doesn't make sense to me that Kawhi Leonard no. can make the second. T- he can be one of the most ten valuable defenders in the league, technically, and then not get a vote for Depoy. Like, yeah, that's a reputation yeah, thing to me. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm just having a glance at uh, some breakdowns. Yeah, so Suns guard Miles Bridges, uh, uh, Mike Bridges, who wasn't even on that list of that we were just looking at. Yeah, uh, a vote getter. So he would have probably like scrounged a fifth place vote or something, whatever. Yeah. A third place vote. Sorry, um, Capella and Miles Turner, uh, the highest vote getters, miss out. I feel like Bridges would have been a reputation one. But yeah, he's a pretty I think good it, defender. Like he did a he decent is, yeah. job on LeBron in that playoff series. Obviously, that coming after the voting period, but like he's a really rangy defender as well. 
yeah. But yeah. But no, it's, you're, you're totally right. The Kawhi thing. I think um, had OKC been better, Lou Dort gets a lot more. I think he might. He's he probably is, one to yeah. watch in terms of making one of these teams eventually. Yeah, a as, as yep. OKC get better. Yeah. Alex Caruso getting second team votes. What are we? What are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't see the uh, voting breakdown. Um, how many other ridiculous ones are there? Um, but TJ McConnell got four second team votes. I'm not saying he's a terrible defender, but it's just no. He falls into that. I guess the deli. The, the deli, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and not to like just compare all unathletic white guys, but you know he really does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Dennis Schroeder, Dylan Brooks. Dennis um, Schroeder. Yeah, he got a he got a first team vote as well. That's Lakers. Oh, woof! Yeah, that's that's Mike Trudell. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Green, Lakers reporter. Van Vliet, Jalen Brown, Conley, Mitchell. Like I understand the Utah ones, given the sort of team defense. That's sort of the issue as well with Depoy is that. Defense in the NBA is more team oriented than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. And Westbrook yeah, also got lock, a vote. Yeah. yeah, you can't like just lock down one guy and like one on one anymore. It's like the rules just don't make it possible. I realized as well, I was only reading off the guards. So yeah, Nolan's Noel <laughs> got a vote for centers. Um, That's a block shots thing. Yep. Daniel Tice got a vote, even though he's, yeah. didn't he split his season? Yeah, so Andrew Wiggins got a vote, <laughs> and then Christian Wood got a vote as well, second team vote. Oh Jesus! Yeah, wow. That's yeah. It, I mean, it's ne- never going to be like some perfect um, system. No. Uh, luckily, all, there, there wasn't support. anything in this. <laughs> oh, no, no, screen assist is an offensive stat. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but luckily there wasn't anything here that there was nobody that got sort of caught out position wise that like Macau Bridges finished with 39 points but uh, Kawhi had 43 so like there wasn't um, like uh, a player that had more votes than somebody that made it but because of the stupid positional designations which I don't know why they continue with just given the way the league has evolved as well Um yeah, yeah. yeah, nobody missed out because of that, which feels very crappy when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't think there's anyone outrageously, you know, an egregious inclusion. Um, yeah, well, I mean, first team all NBA is, uh, first team all, first team all defense is pretty straightforward to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice to see Drew, Drew there. Get it. Um, and then second team, I guess, is a bit more yeah. stretched. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say Jimmy Butler is probably, and again, not saying he's a bad defender, but it's probably leans a little bit on reputation this year. I, I find it interesting that him and Bam had the same amount of first-team votes and the same amount of second-team votes. Like, I know that doesn't mean that the same people voted for them in that, but I would assume there's a lot of crossover there. Yeah. And and just looking into like the Heat did not nearly have as good of a season as they did obviously last year. It's no, interesting that a team like that would would get two members on all defensive second team. 
I mean, I guess you look at it in general. There were, what, how many teams yeah. are represented over the two teams? Because you've got a lot of double-ups. The Heat, Sixes, so there's, there's Bucks. Two heat, six, two heat, Two Sixes, Two Bucks. Oh, Bucks three Sixes. Ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Then, yeah, then you've got a, a Jazz uh, and a Clipper, so five. Yeah. It's interesting that there's right. such a, a small spread. I mean, it, yes, may, it does make sense, again, like as I was talking about how, you know, team defense in the NBA. Um, yeah. It's interesting that that didn't, picking two players from the same team didn't seem to um, worry voters. Yeah. Um, I guess one argument you could have made would be for Chris Paul, but that, that's all, all even Mikael Bridges, because A, good defensive team, B, yeah. reputation. I think a theme in general is that Phoenix probably, ha- like aside from the Chris Paul... Um, MVP votes, they probably haven't been respected as much as they should have been in voting in general. All right, Suns in four. <laughs> uh, what a clip. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't think there's anyone outrageous in or out of the teams. Like, there's always arguments to be made around the second team, but I, I don't, I'm not like offended enough by it to, you know, Rants on for a half an hour just about why yeah. A should be over B. I I'm think happy to just move on. It was made the team's probably made a little bit easier by the fact that the Celtics had a down year, so it's not. Um, so Marcus Smart probably it's it's fine with him not filling one of these spots. Had the Celtics yeah. been a bit better, then he fills one, then it makes it a bit more. Um, I think it's nice to see Tybal there. Um, yeah, especially in Olympic year. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes, Olympic <laughs> coming up. <laughs> The Olympic zone with two <laughs> But yeah, I guess he's probably the most um, would will be the most argued uh, against probably, even though um, twenty more votes than Kawhi. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty fine with. Although I'm not going to get angry about it. I mean, my guys made first team, so that's fine. <laughs> yes. Uh, moving on, uh, six man of the year award. Don't want to spend too much time on these awards, but yes, so Jordan Clarkson, pretty comfortable winner. The only competition was from uh, Joe Ingles, so Utah had that award locked up. So they, uh, so Clarkson 65 and Ingles 34 votes, so 99 out of 100. You can guess who the one other vote was for. Uh, so Derek Rose got that. Uh, just got, and then look, then the rest of that voting is just, it's a hodgepodge of like, I guess, who you cover. Yeah. Um, so you got uh, Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. Both the Mavericks, uh, Montrezl Harrell, Camilo Anthony, Chris Boucher, your man Bobby Portis, Ennis Cantor, TJ McConnell gets a vote, a couple of votes, a second and a third place vote. Uh, Miles Bridges, Shake Milton, Thad Young, and Akundo Campazzo got a third place vote. That's just I, w- I wouldn't up. even. That's yeah. yeah. Is he, even, is he even the sixth man on Denver? I guess because Jamal Murray's out, Monte Morris pushes up. But, yeah. But the, a lot of Denver's, like, Denver's just got this, like, weird mix of guys that are, like, borderline starter, sixth man, like um, Gary Harris, Will Barton. I, I, hate, to, I, hate, to, I hate to inform you, but Gary Harris is not on the night. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I know that, but he was on the Nuggets. Yes. Yeah, no, I get you. It's, like, they had... Um, so the big question, Denver, during the year was whether to start Porter, uh, Michael Porter Jr. over Will Barton. Yeah. 
but the, the I guess the the main uh, issue of contention here is that you can't like I mean we've seen it with the Clippers over how many years now, but you you can't by definition you can't have two six men on the same team, um, <laughs> and yeah, the what the ninety nine out of a hundred votes have gone to the Jazz. Um, Clarkson makes sense. The six man tends to go to the guy that scores yeah. the most off the yeah. bench. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, also, but the Jamal Crawford Memorial Award, yeah. Oh, Crawford, Lou Williams, Eric Gore. It's that archetype of player. And Clarkson is oh, sort yeah, of just fitting that up. now. <laughs> Confident, up, yeah. offensive player. Efficient chucker. Efficient chucker. Efficient chucker. <laughs> yeah, the, mo- the most efficient chucker gets the sixth man of the year award. Um, yeah, look, this is it's not really worth talking about. Yeah, it's a bit odd that the Jazz have two guys getting all the votes. Um, you know, if it was a seventh man of the year award, then Joe Ingles would have it locked down. <laughs> um, but then we keep going again and again. And who's the end of the bench guy of the year? Is that, yeah, who's waving the best towels this year? <laughs> it's the, um, um, the, the Robert Sacre Memorial okay, Award. Ben Baseball <laughs> Award, the Robert Sacre. Anyone who was on the, like the mid-2000s Lakers Sorry, mid mid twenty ten Lakers. The the Vujicic award, even though he played a lot, is just it. Lovely A Henry Award, the <laughs> Yeah, the Nick Young Award. I mean he's on the end of the bench, but yes. Um I'd ask if there's anyone outrageous missing, but I mean <laughs> everyone in Ben Summer's been covered really. Like, in well, yeah, I don't so. I don't think so. If there is it, I mean, they're obviously not of note. Because um, no. <laughs> it was it pretty clearly, I think Clarkson, um, again, a loud push from a minority for Rose. Um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't watch a lot of the maps, but I could have sworn that Hardway plays like 30 minutes a game anyway. Um, I'm pretty sure he, he might not start. Um, I'll double yeah, check. Yeah, but he plays a lot. Yeah, yeah. he just always, whenever I tune so in. That, that, that was, that's the classic, like, Montres Harrell or Lou Williams. If you play more than the starter, like, what? Yeah. So, yeah, so Hardaway started 31 out of 70 games and played 28.4 minutes a game. He couldn't have been far off not being eligible. Like, obviously, he came off the bench for more of his games than not, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the actual criteria is. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, moving on to the award that my guy was robbed in, uh, most improved. I'd say for about a month at the start of the season, there was a legit competition, and then Julius Randle just uh, blew everyone else out of the water. Yeah. So, yeah, Randle got 98 votes, but Jeremy Grant gets two. Uh, I wish I, I want to see who's... Um, yeah, so I want to wait for the uh, complete ballots because they're always posted at the PR website, um, which is what I've just read and learned for the first time just here. <laughs> but I'm, I'm waiting to see who those two, did, uh, uh, the two Grant votes are. It's probably the Detroit guy and maybe someone from Denver showing a bit of love. Yeah. Um, but also Michael Porter Jr. Uh, got third place with most of the uh, second place votes. Yeah. Total ballot. Um, it's actually only Grant's two first-place votes that got him second place overall. He's only won by two in the end. 
Uh, well, sorry, he only came second by two. Second by and two, funnily yeah. Enough, yeah. funnily enough, Christian Wood, who had a lot of the early season momentum as well, uh, a distant fourth. And then you've got guys like Levine, Jalen Brown, Boucher, who also had a bit of early season momentum, Macau Bridges, uh, Zion, and then just a bunch of other random guys. Yeah, I think, um, like you sort of alluded to there, like Randall closed it reasonably quickly. But there was sort of a, I'd say, the beginning of the season, there was Christian Woods. And then that sort of, as he got injured, that sort of moved to to Jeremy Grant. And then, yeah, Randall as the Knicks. um, I mean, (laughs) they get a lot of credit for a very mediocre season. I mean, a slightly above average season. But, yeah. um, a good Thanks season for, for New York. A four seed, a four seed and <laughs> Fair first round yeah. exit, but we don't talk about the playoffs no, in no. regular season awards. No, we so. don't. But then, yeah, like you said, Randall shut the door. Um, yeah. yeah the, interesting. I, we've talked about this before, that with most improved, like how much it's the, it's only this season, but a lot of players have holdovers from seasons prior. Like Michael Porter Jr. had was really good in the bubble and he'd shown what he could be already, and we know like why he's sort of in this. Um, same with Wood as well. Like in small spurts, he's shown the player he is, and it's. Do you account for that leap, perhaps last season, if it's? Well, yeah, yeah, well, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So my argument against Christian Wood was that he had his leap last year because, well, in fact, actually, he had his leap two years ago in New Orleans in that brief stretch at the end of the season when he averaged like nineteen and nine or whatever it was. Well, it comes down uh, to. Most improved is a massive opportunity award. When does the player get given the opportunity to yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm getting at. So if you just let me finish, please, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, then Wood had you know that initial spurt, and then comes to Detroit, pretty much just gets told after about ten games, like, all right, look, we're shit. We know that. Just go forth. Um, <laughs> they just give him the ball, and he takes a lot of shots. You know, pads his numbers. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much continues on that trajectory in Houston. Um, so I'd say would not flat, like not didn't stall, but if yeah. his relative jump, because I think people, like, let's be honest, no one watches Detroit. Why would you? Yeah. But no, no one would have seen, well, his last season would have been a lot less known amongst the general NBA fan base. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and also because it was a, like I said, with New Orleans especially, that was a little spurt for what he did season in Detroit as well. Yeah. Well, I remember um, when the Bucks let him go, you were mad. I mean, I've been... Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'd say vocal supporter of Wood for a long time since he went undrafted. Like, this guy is... Like, he is something. Like, remember, I wanted him on the Sydney Kings. I bring this up all the time. <laughs> yeah. And he got when he got yeah. cut in China, I'm like, this is he can be the like not even the he, he can be the MVP of the NBL. He could be one of the best players the NBL has ever had. Like, <laughs> yeah, we need to get this guy. If as long as he can, like, he sort whatever you know issues, quote unquote issues, um, with him, like maybe a bit harder to tame, I guess, you know. Um, yeah. But once he sort of sorted that out, found a place that he's happy with, like just exploded, shows what he can do. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I am going to clickbait that Christian Woods and the Sydney Kings. So thank you. <laughs> um, the only other person I really wanted to talk about here was Chris Boucher because he was like, 
I feel like it was kind of a four-way thing at the start of the season between Randall, Grant, Wood, and Boucher. Boucher is an odd one that falls into that sort of opportunity category. I feel like he's been this guy for a while. Um, but he was only sort of given, and like the Raptors, finally the Raptors were bad enough to give him the opportunity to sort of just go out and play. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's yeah, no one else really worth talking I mean, about. Just looking down the list, like Jalen yeah. Brown probably deserved he deserved votes, but then he had a um, disrupted season. Um, this, the Zion one's funny because yeah. like this is the well, yeah, expected yeah, trajectory let's, let's, of such a yes. great player. Yeah, so, yeah, let's touch on that just briefly. The anti, I think we're shared in that stance. Anti second year players getting this award. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry that it slipped my mind, but yes, definitely. Um, it's just because it's an expected, unless it's like an undrafted guy or um, maybe somebody that was so bad in their rookie year and then they come out and they're like an all-star. But like, that's such a far-fetched scenario. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, it's like when Steph got votes for this last year, I'm pretty sure. Or um, did somebody got votes for this after they'd already won like MVP. Um, I think Giannis might have got votes for most improved as well. It's like, yeah, that's not, like, the unspoken spirit of this award that people vote <laughs> on for. Like, yeah, this this is, then, like, yeah. giving... It, as much as, like I've said, it, and you touched on as well, as much as it is sort of most improved, it's also guy that improved the most... or guy that showed the most given... finally given an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very rarely, look, I guess Randall maybe falls into what I'm talking about now, where it's like this is what the award used to be like. It's like guy has an outstanding season that we didn't expect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly so maybe right. he, maybe he's more of like a throwback um, most improved winner. I mean, it yeah. remains to be seen how good of a player he could be. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, if you were to take bets, I guess you would say that he's probably nearly maxed out. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and also funny that, uh, Randall had 98 first-place votes and one second-place vote, so yes. someone's left him off the ballot entirely. <laughs> Somebody's something. Um, we're going we're gonna to name and shame that person when these votes come out, but let's move on. Sorry, um, I just need, I need to bring up first. Oh, okay, um, okay. Well, actually, two this things. Is, this is Darius Gold and RJ Barrett. I'm not hearing it. Okay, now one thing. Um, <laughs> Gildas Alexander has now had, like, two or three seasons, like – being a guy in contention for this award. I think he has had one of the, he's been, he's probably out of contention for this now where he's had that sort of linear improve, improvement year over year, not good enough to win this award, but maybe over a stretch of like three years, he's been a guy that's like supremely improved. And I feel like some of the, some guys get, um, maybe don't get the recognition of a most improved if they fall into that sort of category where they improve over, a, you know, they improve a little, a little to medium amount compared to like guys that win the award, but over yes. like three or four years. So yeah. like they'll get so votes the for this. But elongated, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And right. yeah, you what, start... okay, what, 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 what was your other thing? Well, I mean, the other thing was the RJ Barrett and Darius Garland. It's nice to see Darius Garland there. He's probably going to win this award next year, but I'm not sure if you can win this and MVP. So I don't know. <laughs> uh... Well, Barrett will win MVP then because New York will have another great season. Oh, yes, they're not voting for a Cleveland MVP, no. No, no. Um, 
Okay, the next one, Rookie of the Year. Not official, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. Um, it's basically Lamelo versus Anthony Edwards. Pretty, pretty much. Halliburton's a pretty solid third, I'd say. Yeah, so um, if you had to give a top five, and those are your top three, who else rounds it out? Jesus, uh, on the spot. I'm just going to throw out names. Um, Savic Bay? Yeah, we go. That's what I, I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, geez, who else was a rookie? It was decent. Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart, there you go. There's a five. <laughs> um, uh, Jay Sean Tate would be up there. Um, I, I feel like he's... Uh, see, we haven't had all rookie teams named either, of which there are uh, two of them, and I'm going to be pretty disappointed if Jay Sean Tate isn't on. Probably the first team, to be honest. Yeah, although it's also it's that blurred line of, yes, he's an NBA rookie, but... He was a Rockets rookie. So yeah, given, not too a, much, um, given the opportunity... Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, I see what you mean. But he's, he's been a pro for, what, three? This is his third year? Year in Belgium, yeah. year with the famed Sydney Kings? I mean, I, I counted that to the point of, geez, he improved a lot this year as well. Like, I... Yeah. Big but it's fan, like, you know, when big they... Fan that definitely didn't think he was capable of... Even, like, on the Rockets where you get a little bit more opportunity. I don't want to say games are a little bit easier, but you know what I mean? Like, stat padding is... It's open. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's like, nowhere near as ridiculous as Pero Antic playing in the rookie softball game at the age of 32 or whatever it was. I think it was like 35. <laughs> <laughs> I think, did Pablo Prigoni play in the rookie sophomore game? Because he was like a 35-year-old <laughs> rookie as well. Yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah, uh, he might have. Um, but, but yeah, Ball, your, your rookie there. I mean, I'd say I really like Anthony Edwards. I mean, this is one like, I don't, I think Lamella's probably going to get it. Um, so given there's some sort Lamello, of... Yeah, so do you think Lamelo missing games hurts? He didn't miss as many as I thought he had. I think that hurts, but then it's probably alleviated by the fact that the Hornets were surprisingly good. Yeah. Which isn't, like, I don't think it's nearly as much as Lamelo as people want to believe it is. I think a lot of that's, like, Hayward and Rozier was pretty good. But, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm not like saying Lamelo wasn't good, but, like, like yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like, Cody Martin. Is it, like, Cody, is that the good one? Or is it Caleb? Okay. Cody is the better one, I would say, the and then Caleb was the undrafted uh, one. Yeah, one of the Martins. Uh, Biombo is always around, like, just annoyingly useful. Hernan Gomez. Uh, oh, Billy Devontae Graham. Dev- Devontae yeah, Graham, my favourite player. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I, I I think it's probably a closer race than uh, people seem to be giving it credit for, but, I, yeah. I think I'm the same as you. Like, the Mello will probably win it. And look, yeah. either one is not undeserved. Yeah, I'm fine. Even if... Uh, actually, no, I'm gonna, I won't say that. <laughs> I was about to say even if Halliburton wins. <laughs> Halliburton, maybe. yeah. Um, I mean, he was awfully useful as well for the Kings. Like, the Kings season sort of fell apart when Fox got injured. But, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. wasn't a bad rookie either. But, yeah, that's sort of that... Um, balance between like Edwards was putting up awesome numbers, great scorer on an absolutely awful team with like, um, they were missing so many like Beasley with his legal issues. Um, cat missing like with COVID and whatever. Um, Beasley got to go to jail after the season. Whereas KCP (laughs) had like wear an ankle bracelet. Yeah. Well, I I think different severity and, um, misdemeanors there, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, just on Edwards, yeah, taking a lot of shots. There was a whole, like, if you watch the Pistons as much as I do, which is too much, they were tracking the three-point race between rookies, and it was Sadiq Bay versus Anthony Edwards. 
Um, and I think Sadiq won it in the end. But Edwards, I think, had about... I want to say 100 more attempts, but he, there was a noticeable gulf in the amount of attempts that they both had because I think Bay shot at about 38% overall yeah. from three, and then Edwards was about 31, 32. I mean, Edwards, is, he, yeah. loves, he loves taking a shot. Like, that's, he's not shy. Yeah. If he ever gets it, if he, bring, if he suddenly becomes, like, more efficient, I guess this was the thing with RJ Barrett as well, not shy to shoot, but if you can get that efficiency, he's going to be a hell of a player. Yeah. Uh, okay, a couple of awards that I don't really know how they determine them, but we'll just quickly mention them. The uh, the Joe Dumas Sportsmanship Award goes to your your man Drew Holiday. My man Drew Holiday. Uh, and the what do we say? The Twyman Stokes Teammate Award right. goes, yep. goes to yeah. Well, what's wrong with it? Uh, Damien Lillard. Um, yeah, I don't know how they determine them, but yeah. I think they they have to be, uh, or at least the Drew Holiday one that has to be player votes. Yeah, it's probably some sort of nomination process. I just, yeah, you probably like one guy nominated per team. Is that that's what it's like in the NFL, isn't it? There's one guy for the, the, is the, it the, the Walter, Walter, Payton. Walter Payton Man of the yeah. Year. Yeah, Man of the Year. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Um, yeah. it's, they should get some sort of patch for Drew to wear. But anyway, <laughs> give him a sash to wear during the games. <laughs> I mean, it's it it's odd that they don't do that for like MVP. That you don't get something on your jersey for the next season. I mean, if yeah. Nike are listening, that this is how you sell jerseys. <laughs> yes, we know you. We know you're out there. Um, then there's also uh, I don't want to spend too much time on Coach of the Year because I think at least it was a pretty uh, obvious award giving it to Tom Thibodeau. You could argue the. Uh, Do you? Uh, I, I think so. Really? Yeah. I, don't know. I, I look. I don't know. I, but it all comes down to like who? What do you think the uh, who is the uh, Monty Williams? You think he's up there? Do you? Monty Williams finished with more first-place votes than Thibodeau. Well, the voters are stupid. <laughs> so here's my thing, right? So uh, Monty Williams added Chris Paul, who I think you recognise as the best floor raiser in the whole league. Yeah, uh, yes, maybe. Yeah, yeah it sounds, maybe. that sounds about right. Um. You look at New York's like I don't think anyone thought New York was going to come fourth in the East, and yes, it's the East. Um, yeah, but you know he's got together this hodgepodge of like young guys and like mismatching star. Oh, sorry, not stars. Uh, mismatching um, like you know role players and veterans gets the absolute best possible full version of Julius Randle. Yeah, that's uh, that. And yes, obviously he gets bounced in the first round, but whatever. Um, yeah, but that's my thinking of it. I think the New York success was more coach oriented than you know the other teams that would have had guys up there. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I like we talked about. Oh, let's move on, man. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be an actual discussion here. <laughs> um, yeah, like like we talked about with most improved, there is a bit of holdover with Monty Williams and Phoenix, um, given sort of their bubble success. Um, I still think though that's a huge jump from they missed the playoffs to being the the one seed, like Utah's one, weren't they? Oh, okay, the the second seed within distance of the first seed. What are they? They were missed by that one game. Uh, yeah, you keep talking, and I'll look it up. That, um, yeah, it was one game. Like yeah. that's a 
monumental jump. Like I, I understand that the Knicks' success was like not terribly expected at all. Um, but that's a that's such a big jump, Phoenix from essentially out of in the West as well. It's so much tougher. Um, yeah, and then like Snyder. Yeah, yeah. My point Snyder. is, how much of that is Chris Paul versus Monty Williams? Well, I think Chris Paul's getting too much credit. I can understand why Thibodeau won the award because I think Chris Paul's getting a little bit. He's getting credit for literally everything on the Suns going right, to which he's a big part. I also, okay, I also think the Suns have better core pieces. Like before, you add Chris Paul versus Tom Thibodeau. Oh yeah, like that's, I'd say that's, Devin yeah, that's DeAndre, kind of, better than anyone that New York yeah. offer except maybe RJ Barrett. I can't argue with that. But then that's like, sort of to me that's alleviated by how much and, harder the West is than the East. Yeah, and also before you keep going, Thibodeau made the call to not play Kevin Knox, and that's a big call. Oh, that's that's huge, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to go on and say like it's understandable Quinn Snyder finishes third. Um, that's sort of that like we talked about with Shai Gildas, sort of year over year. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting for me. So Nate McMillan finishes um, fifth. With, I'm having other votes in front of me, so yeah. Yes, it's fifth. He finishes fifth after replacing Lloyd Pierce like mid-season, after completely turning around Atlanta. It's going to be a shame if he doesn't win next year. Um, yeah. Because of what has happened here, because what he's done is, to me, deserving of recognition, certainly. Yeah, um, yeah. And then yeah, Nash and Malone have votes. Nash, uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it's a curse situation, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yes, just yeah. It's, it's like being the um. The, yeah, it's like being Lewis Hamilton's race engineer. <laughs> You're just kind of there, coattails. Uh, <laughs> I and mean, then, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, you had one more thing. I was going to say it was sort of disturbing mid-season where. Kyrie, at, oh, yeah, very, yeah, at the very least it was Kyrie, but like <laughs> sort of alluded to that like Steve Nash wasn't the coach. Like, yeah, we don't really have a coach. We just kind of do our own thing. Yeah, like I understand you when you've got three guys at that caliber, you just let the talent go. But like, it's just that it's such an odd. Like, I know Kyrie's sort of yeah, out there as like, well, but we're not a, yeah, it's like, we're not a team or a collective or a state of mind. <laughs> um, the final award that I wanted to mention, unless I've missed one, when I've Hardly prepared this show sheet. It was executive of the year. And I mean, Chris Paul, you reckon, would win that one? I mean, clearly he's been robbed in all the other categories. <laughs> no, but do you think it's James Jones? I think it's James Jones, most likely. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, to be honest, I hadn't really, hadn't really thought about it. Or the, um, uh, or, um, uh, bloody, what, I don't know, Sean Marks, that's it. Yeah, I think it could be Sean Marks as well. Um, it's, Historically, executive of the year voting has valued landing big fish. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. I think it could be Shaw Marks. Now that you mentioned that, um, yeah, and he did it without any of them being from Brooklyn. So, well, there you go. Yeah. But I mean, you don't. I mean, you probably don't get you don't get Harden forcing his way there without KD there, do you? Probably not. No. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So that, sort of, I don't, I don't want to like say nothing about it, but really, um, could really 
care less about Executive of the Year this year. I know John Horse isn't going to get it. So it's the only award that hasn't been announced. It's the only one that I'm hanging on. Oh, sorry, besides Rookie of the Year, it's the only one like it's, I'm hanging on to. Troy Weaver is going to get votes. You'd think. I guess he might. I mean, to be honest, obviously not 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 for winning game, but just for like cleaning house and like actually like for the first time in I don't know. 15 years, the Pistons actually have, like, young guys that everyone's like, oh, you know what, they're, if not good, then exciting at least, and that's, you know, excitement sells. Well, they, they drafted well. Um, so I'd assume, the yeah, thing is, four goes of it, but yes. typically looking at executive of the year voting, like a third, of the, a third of the league gets votes anyway, so I would be surprised if he doesn't get at least a third place, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, now, we haven't talked about All-NBA, but I'm going to save that for, and you're going to love, we've got actual people wrote actual questions, which is the, there's a first time for everything. Um, so I'll circle back to that because it, it, it involves LNBA. So I just wanted to move on to the playoffs and I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's still going and it feels like an incomplete discussion. I mean, I don't really want to talk about it. Either. <laughs> uh, well, let, let, do, you want, do you want two minutes just to talk about the Bucks? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I was I was on the phone for most of the second half of game. What game was it? Five. So I didn't Two, get to. <laughs> I didn't get to. <laughs> um, really, not that I wasn't following it. I was certainly following it, but I, yeah, um, wasn't watching. I guess as intensely as I probably should have been. But yeah, I'm just sort of looking down every two to three minutes, seeing this lead dwindle, and then the, <laughs> the Bucks go away from everything that has worked, and and then Giannis not play in the game, and then uh, just comedy of errors and typical Bucks losses that don't feel great. That's like one of these per season, just absolutely yeah. pulls your heart out. Okay, so on the flip side of that coin, the Nets can they like? You've, I've written this in the sheet and you've already answered it in text. So can they cover without Irving, which you've written, yes, and playing a non and playing a non fully fit Harden, which you've gone, unfortunately. Well, I changed those answers. Like, I was answering the mid-game and I was like, oh, no, they can't play with that. I mean, the thing is, that, that was its... <laughs> I'm salty about everything Bucks except for the KD performance because that was just outrageous. Like, I... Very few players have ever played that well. No, in that yeah, that game. three he hit at the end was just absolute dagger. That was dagger. Like, I'd gotten off the phone for that, so I was intently watching that, and it just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, when stuff like that happens to you, you just got to, like, that's, yeah. Um, Kevin, Kevin Durant's yeah. ridiculous. Like, yes, he is. And also, the, so. the fact that, like, it almost forgotten that he's exist, that he did existed because he missed, like, a season and a half. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Although fact he's been able yeah, to return yeah. like that, obviously from like the, the worst injury. Is, yes, the worst, especially in a game like basketball where so much of your effectiveness, and I'm sorry, so much of like, I guess, because we've both played, obviously not at a level, but like, yeah, we both play fairly regularly. Uh, yes, I'm a uh, seven foot phenom, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the glorified Al Horford. Um, now, obviously there's a lot of load transfer and weight that goes through your lower legs and your feet, like your heels, your ankles, your arms, all that sort of stuff. So the Achilles is, yeah, easily the most devastating injury for a basketballer. That's like, you know, worse than a torn ACL or whatever, like a broken arm. 
like the, the bogut little broken arm. Oh god. Um, <laughs> so so for him to return like this and like looks like he's basically just had a year off to just like sit by the beach in the Bahamas. Just looks better than ever. Like not many players come back even like at seventy percent after a torn Achilles. Like Brandon Jennings did his, and then he came back and looked all right, but then he was out of the league in about six months. Yeah. It's it's interesting, like you say, he looks better than before. Like, I don't even know if he's better than before, but the fact that he's the exact same. Yeah, well, um, yeah, yeah. It's just, like, that that is opportunity-based. Like, there was never a time where he was asking the Warriors to play 48 minutes because you need to play 48 minutes in this game. We need to absolutely win. Like, um, you know, Steph and Clay are out, and we need you to do everything. Like, yeah. Just, like, a Jordan-level performance. It's okay, you don't have to keep talking about it. Let's move on. Thank you. So I've, I've got a few other just, like, quick-hitting questions. Um, uh, we've talked about Chris Paul already, so I don't, don't really want to bring up him again. Um, but I guess the other Phoenix guys, like Booker, Bridges, Aiton, like, they, they've definitely raised their level as well. Aiton has been tremendous, and I don't think he's getting anywhere. He, he doesn't. He's not getting anywhere near the respect he should because he, he's not Donkic or Trey Young. Yeah. Aiden's been awesome. Or Marvin Bagley. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess flip side of the coin, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess speaking on the Suns, uh, Suns or Jazz Western favourites? Uh, if when when they play, I think it's the Suns. But I feel like the Jazz would be better against some teams in the East in the finals than than the Suns would be. Yeah, but coming out of the West, Suns. I mean, it, all evidence points to that, right? Like, they're the team that's yeah. breezed through two rounds. They, they beat the Lakers. Um, they've beaten LeBron and Jokic, right? Like, what better resume do you need? Um, yeah. Whether they play... Is there a first-round exit? <laughs> uh, well, that, yes. That, that wasn't... A, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, yes... No, um, yeah, I mean, the Clippers would be interesting, but I don't know. They've, they've seemed to have faltered. Like, they get back up, but, like, they seem to have faltered a couple of times. Yeah. They're very like, they're like the Bucks in that sense. Um, <laughs> it seems like um, their season has been over multiple times. Yes. Uh, so the Lakers and Heat both collapsed in the first round. Would yeah. you say uh, Jimmy Butler needs to get to the gym earlier? <laughs> it's just, um, yeah. Well, I don't... I want to like Jimmy Butler, but it's more the discourse yeah. around him makes oh, it. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Media, the, the media boner around his, like, I get to the gym at 3 a.m. Like, okay, cool. I don't care. Like, what's it got you? He he was the Chris Paul last season, where everything that he did, it was because Jimmy Butler, even though, like, Bam was awesome, Tyler Hero played really good, Duncan Robinson was making shots, like, Jay Crowder. Um, yeah. Well, the common theme between those Heat and these Suns is... I mean, I hate to point fingers, but it's Jay Crowder. Yeah, that's a that's an underrated element of it as well. Like last last season, it was because Jay Crowder made his threes in the bubble at a stupid rate. And I saw a thing today where someone asked um, Jay Crowder what would happen, um, like how it would feel to, like, I guess, I don't know if it was win the title or win the conference, whatever. And he said, all he said was. Like, they look like a genius signing with Phoenix. <laughs> um, but, yes, I do want to talk about Trey Young just quickly. Um, I think, and I've been guilty of this, 
but I think a lot of people, not keen to see him fail, but they're quick to point fingers at his numbers and his production being empty. And then he, I guess, flips that narrative on his head by what he's done in the playoffs. And the most obvious example I can think of is me putting on a bet for Trey Young uh, <laughs> under, <laughs> under nine and a half assists in the game, uh, what was a game four, uh, against the team that has escaped my mind now. Sixes. The Sixes, that's the one. Yeah, and then he, he has nine assists at halftime and finishes with, what, 18 or whatever it was? Yeah. I think that's a an issue with how we evaluate players is, like, you hate on them whilst their team is bad and they're doing this stuff and it's like, show me how to win. And then as soon as they start winning, it's like, oh, I didn't know he was this guy. It's like, you know, like, yeah. it's something that happened, like, Nate McMillan comes in and suddenly Trey Young is, like... He's doing the same things, but now they're winning. Like, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's not always the. I would say Booker probably um, in this sort of yep. category as well. Um, yep. Maybe to an extent, Zach Levine. Um, although he hasn't not had that much, sort of flip yes. yet. Um, yeah. But yeah, He's been stuck on bad teams. Yeah, um, but I mean, I really have. I really like Trey. Trey's are exciting. Um, yes, he's maybe he's reined it in a little bit. I, I would say. Yeah, Trey's got the the style of play knocks that, you know, the guys like Embiid and Harden get, like, where it's more gaming, like, gaming the system. And, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, it might not be great to watch, but, I mean, if they're going to officiate it this way, then you can't really... Like, you cannot like it, but you can't really, you know, like, it's it's just... No, well, they they do it because they get the calls. It's not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. and until the league changes that, they're just going to keep doing it. So it's a comment on the league, not them. Exactly, yeah. Um, now, this one, I'm surprised that you only found out about this today. Um, I think it came out a few days ago now, but the whole Dallas situation with uh, Luka Doncic and well-known sports gambler and uh, Bill Simmons' affiliate, Haralibos <laughs> uh, Vulgaris. So for those of you that... Those of you, yeah, for the three of you, uh, who might not know... Uh, Vulgaris is a well-known, yeah, sports better, essentially. Um, <clears throat> he works in the Mavericks front office as what we all thought was just basically a, an analyst role, a consultant, you know, does a bit here and there, but is on the payroll. Uh, then it emerges he was basically the driver behind the Dallas acquisition of Paul Zingas. And now it's all coming out that, you know, Haralabos uh, and... So, uh, and Luka Doncic don't get along. The Paul Zingas and Doncic don't get along. There's kind of a double star system. It's just a really weird scenario. Yeah. Anything to add? I mean, I don't. Having gone through it with Giannis, I don't like the fact that everybody is already like, "Oh, Luka's got to leave the Mavs." Like, it's very <laughs> annoying to deal with. Um, I mean, the poor Zingas thing is, it it's probably hasn't worked out. It's a shame that he played the way he did. Like, he's, we were all expecting that he was a better player than that, right? To like, and granted, it was like, that was his first, because he'd missed the bubble series, didn't he? Yeah, he was still injured. Yeah, so it's poor Zingas is like first taste of the playoffs and just to sort of, I guess it's a little more cutthroat when you've got someone like Luca because you you're gonna every season it's gonna be constantly like we need to get particularly before he signs Supermax like we need to get 
this guy in a contending position because we have this opportunity with this like transcendent player, generational talent to potentially win a title again. And it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, every player on the team is going to be available. And it's, yeah. Um, but, I think but obviously didn't play college, so you know, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't score ten points against Oral Roberts in the tournament um, <laughs> on a cold night in Stoke. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate the way that Porzingis things happen for them. Um, I would be surprised if they're not in the market. Like they're not desperately looking to. Move. The problem is, is that everybody watched those games as well. So like, where and how yeah. do you move him for? Um, yeah, it's interesting that Dallas have been the team that's always they've always been the brides the bridesmaid of free agency. They've always had the cap space, and I'm talking back to like maybe like LeBron Heat before that sort of the decision sort of era. It was yeah. the Mavs have got, I, you know, they've got, they've got cap ball. space, come and play with Dirk, and then it just never happened. Yeah, and like, well, yeah famously the DeAndre Jordan, uh, like, yeah, getting locked in his own house. <laughs> that's it incredible night on NBA Twitter that was. Yeah. Um, yes. uh, yeah, so, yeah, just a weird scenario. Um, the, the last quick hitter I had before we move on to actual question time uh, is, yeah, who do, you, who do you think the favourites are to get out of the East? I feel like the common discourse is whoever wins the Bucks Heat series. Us, uh, Bucks Heat. Uh, the Bucks. Yes, yes, who? Are, yes, yes, you're correct. Um, if we could just like, you know, you know how when you're playing Monopoly and you pick up a chance card and it says go directly to go. Like if we could have just yeah. done that from the Bucks Heat series. Um, but yeah, I, I mean this, the Sixers are good, but I don't think they can over seven games sort of match the winner of Bucks Heat. Which I mean, at this point, it's all roads what? seem to lead. Did you say, did you say Bucks Heat? I did. Say, I mean, <laughs> that I, that can't be. Bucks Nets. Um, yeah, I don't know. I. The thing is, I'd probably, even if it had been the other way around, sort of the bracket wise, um, it's just hard to see the Sixers match up with either team. They get a yeah. sort of. Reprieve with the Bucks that the Bucks are going to try and lose <laughs> when they play, but like yeah, um, and it's not. I don't think it's a knock against the Sixers. It's just like the Nets are obviously the talent. It's hard to bet against that. And then, the only question really for either of those teams is how they match up with Embiid because neither neither of them really has. Like I mean, Bucks have Brook Lopez. I think but, Bucks certainly do better in that category than the Nets. But neither um, of them don't have that big minute tradition. Like at least, yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to match up with Embiid anyway, regardless yes. of who you are. Well, that's, that's why I think Lopez is probably one of the better ones in general. Yes. Um, yeah, but c- certainly that's a concern for the Nets. But then you look at the other side; it's like you've got to at the moment, match up with scorching KD. Um, Kyrie, before he got injured, was awesome. Um, 2010, it, Jeff Green. Jeff Green shooting, what, seven for eight from three? Absurd. Uh, yeah. And then if, if Joe Harris um, can start making shots again, that makes the Nets yeah. even more even scarier. Um, yeah. The fact that he's been outplayed by Pat Connaughton in this series is a massive surprise. Um, yeah. Just given as well that Joe Harris has throughout the season, just when he plays with the big three, like he, 
you leave one of the best shooters in the league open because you're so worried about these three other guys. Yeah. But yeah, I think, right. yeah, Sixers probably have difficulties um, matching up with the other two, to which of the point where I would favour the other two. I think they'll still get past the Hawks, but it is sort of um, worrying, I guess, yeah. that they've had trouble. Yeah. Also, again, highlights a good job that Nate McMillan's done. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we're going to give the Hawks any. Like, nah. I mean, I, they're always... A, if the Hawks have a... The thing with these playoff games, like, if you have an outlier night from three, a positive outlier, like, you're probably going to win the game. Yeah. So if, like, the Hawks do that, then suddenly they're up 3-2 or three two, or maybe they take it to seven. Like, you know, anything can happen. Um, still, yeah. with the injury cloud as well hanging over in beat, I probably should have prefaced um, before that. Makes it much easier to pick Nets or Bucks in the yeah. potential Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Right. You know what time it is? <laughs> the first ever... Nah, yeah, but we've got actual... I mean, there was a couple in the Formula 1 one, but one of them was just like, uh, Webber was robbed. But yes. Um, yes, he was. We have, we, I tweeted out, I do this every time, I don't actually expect any answers, or sorry, any questions. Uh, but setting answers, that's... <laughs> any answers? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I still I, wouldn't I, expect I, any answers. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I never really expect any questions to come in, but we've got five. Jeez. And of the, out of the five, I'm going to say... Three and a half of them are serious. So I'll just we'll, uh, go off. I'll just go to the top. So uh, Mackenzie Book, who, full disclaimer, I know personally, but I did, not, I did not get him to send this in. So let's preface that. Uh, will Killian Hayes be the 21-22 NBA MVP? Yes. Yes, he will. No, it's it's going to be tough for him to, to win it when Darius Garland wins it. He's not even the best point guard in his no, no, no. division. Uh, RJ Barrett, sir, is, is you know, he, again, Cleveland's like an MVP. I mean, he's just going to um, be so, he's going to get the fan vote. Darius Garland's going to get the fan vote because I'm going to find out how to get the fan vote. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> sure. Are you not online? I don't think you are. I mean, uh, the next... clearly you need to be offline because there was nothing online for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the next question comes in from, uh, friend of the show, Ryan O'Connell. And he asks, who would Tim like to coach the Bucks next season or maybe even next game? <laughs> oh, geez. Um, I mean, it's sort of presumptive at this point. If the Bucks, um, I was going to say something else. If the Bucks stuff this up, then um, Bud's out. Yeah. And for the love oh, of God, sorry. they need to do it. But yeah, um, uh, before, I mean, you get, before you go, uh, before you go, Simon also asked, "Who should the Bucks replace Bud with?" And I know Simon's also. Oh, geez, we're all on the fire Bud train. Has <laughs> <laughs> it changed the avatars yet? Um, I mean, I don't have any. I mean, I've heard people talk about D'Antoni. Maybe. I mean, I don't really know. If the Mavs get rid of Rick Carlisle, I guess I'd be interested. Um, I don't know. I, I say that as if I'm making the decision. What about uh, Sean Stackhouse, Sweeney? maybe? Oh, Sean Sweeney, oh, good Lord. <laughs> J- Jason Kidd back. No. Um... <laughs> Nate Bjorkren? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be... Uh, if we're expecting the Bucks to get bounced, unfortunately, like, the coaching change this time is probably going to be the most important decision that they make um, in, I don't want to say franchise history, but certainly in Giannis's tenure. Um, they probably, like, given sort of the the shortcomings of... But like you're probably going to need to look, and just given what's been exposed in the, the Nets series, I think you're probably going to need to find like, and I don't know how realistic this is. We're going to need to find some like high IQ uh, coach that extremely like micromanages games because just like I guess what's I don't want to say Giannis has been exposed in the playoffs, but certainly like weaknesses have sort of been shown. And also given that his archetype probably isn't the, the most sort of uh, it's, it's probably not the archetype you want your star player to be in a playoffs. You want someone like a, a Durant or a shot maker, right? Someone to make the shots. So you, you've yeah. got to make up for that with coaching. And I guess you're probably looking to someone that's going to adjust very quickly to changes and, and not have, like it has like that sort of not willing to change um, within games be a reason that you, you lose them. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know who that is. Um, it's, I mean, it doesn't inspire me with a lot of confidence um, sort of who, who is looking for the coach. Um, but yeah, maybe it was <laughs> strike lucky. I, about, I don't know. It's a tough. What about Will Weaver? I mean that'd that'd be. Um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get interviewed. If the because the Bucks have got to, have, as I said, it's such an important thing that they really have to cast a wide net. Um. The the fact the way they got Bud initially was good. Like the, Bud has still been a positive influence on the team overall, but like it's just not enough. Like there's that last five percent missing that separates you from title contender to like, or from very good team to true title contender. Um, yeah. and maybe like a few shots bounce the other way and this isn't the discourse about but at all like it, yeah. particularly like 2019 or even again presumptive but looking at this series as well we really should have won at five um, so yeah it's, <laughs> I, I will say just before I finish that I did see a tweet about someone saying that Budenholzer spent his whole off season just focusing on how to game plan against the Heat and didn't think about anything else. And it, it, it's so funny that it's, it does feel like that because he was prepared for the heat and then the heat were worse and then it didn't really matter anyway. But yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I guess, yeah, to, to make it short, I, I don't know who, who's going to replace. Yeah. <laughs> um, can we get, can we get Monty Williams maybe? <laughs> get, just get Chris Paul. That's all you need. Oh, there we go. I mean, if, if we've yeah. got Chris Paul in the first place, maybe stuff would be different. I don't know. I still, still love Drew, but like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing the people that were submitting these questions know our preferences because the next question comes from Reese Brown and he asks, uh, if the Pistons land the second pick, who should they draft? Now, first of all, well, actually, do you have an answer or do you just don't care? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's the thing. I care about the draft, but the Bucks were bad, and that was a lot. Yeah. But since the Bucks have been good, and then uh, trading picks away, getting picks forfeited from the league, 
Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Josh Giddy. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where the Pistons are not picking first and getting Cade Cunningham. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you look at like guys up there, you've got Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, um, Scotty Barnes. I'm just reading. Honestly, I'm just reading off a draft, a mock draft. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't followed college ball for a few years now on like a reasonable level. Um Obviously, Josh Giddy is like the prospect know the most about just because of the yeah. exposure that we've got. But my thing with the Pistons draft this year, if they are picking anywhere but um, first, let's say they don't win the. And the thing is, the Pistons have never moved up in the lottery. They've only ever moved down or stayed the same. So they're not oh getting. That, that's such a Pistons thing. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> the Pistons have, yeah, and like they've picked in that like seven to 10 sweet spot now for. Pretty much since 2010. With Greg I'd just like to add that you called it a sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Clearly yeah, well, not. It's <laughs> literally right in the middle of the lottery surf. It's the sweet spot. It's it's not the I've seen who you've drafted and, that's, and how it's gone. It, it's not the sweet spot. You do not want to, um, especially hate. <laughs> uh, so basically, my thing with the Pistons is that, and yes, they drafted very well last year, but yes. they're still not in a position... Like, if you're picking second, you're not in a position to be prioritizing fit over best player. No. Uh, and it, I also think it just so happens that, so this mock draft has Evan Mobley going second. And that's probably who I was going to say, just because seven foot guys with the skill set like that, and even if he, like, look, there's obviously the high risk that guys like that bust. Yeah. I feel like it's an ultimate boom or bust thing. But. You add a guy like that to Jeremy Grant, to Isaiah Stewart as like a presumed frontline like three. Um, because obviously Mason Plumlee is not a long-term thing, and like even with Mobley, like you like bring him along for a year, just like let him sit behind someone like uh, Mason Plumlee. But yeah, yeah. I think that the, just the fact that a seven-footer with the skills that he's got, it's just one of those guys you just add him and then figure out the rest later. Yeah. Rather than adding a guy like Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green, who like are those guard prospects, and like yes, they're still like if they end up picking third or fourth, and those are the only guys available, then you probably still take them. But it's a little bit more awkward just because of the glut of young guard slash wings that the team currently has. Unless you start looking at moving guys like you know, well they're not going to move like Hayes or um, uh, Sadiq Bay or like them. But you know, you look at the guys like Josh Jackson, like Hamadou Diallo. And you just like start having this awkward dance of like, you know, four or five guys, and you have two or three spots, and you like, well, it's not going to help anyone's development if they're just they're just all stuck there. So the answer, if the Pistons pick second, is Evan Mobley because he's, I think, a he's probably the best player available when you consider everything, size, skill set, all that, the buzzwords. But then also he's the easiest to fit in the current roster. I think, um, yeah, like you said, when you get like the second pick, you can't afford to like draft for fit, but it, it would be a shame for like Isaiah Stewart. I think he's a long-term starter. Um, maybe not on the Pistons, but certainly in the league. Um, well, the thing with mostly like yeah, he's <laughs> not like sorry, but I was just about to say, but he's not good enough that you wouldn't draft someone at two no, to play yes. in that spot. Yeah. Yeah, but also Isaiah Stewart later in the year showed the versatility to play alongside another big guy. 
And like, I feel like Mobley has the... Is that with the, Plumley? Not as much with Plumley because they're okay. like, yeah. I don't think you can have Stewart long-term guarding fours. Yeah. But I feel like Mobley has that capacity to guard. He's listed as a forward slash center, which I mean, I know that means nothing. Yeah. But Mobley looks like he's got that mobility, whereas like on offense, Stewart's shown the ability to hit the three and like he wouldn't clog it if it turns out Mobley was an interior player. So yeah. I feel like Stewart's shown that capacity to play with someone like a, a, a new age Twin Towers type setup. Yeah. It'd be so much easier. You'd just get the number one pick and then you'd be fine. Well, then, yeah, you get Kate Cunningham to play away <laughs> anyone that doesn't like it and move on. <laughs> but, yeah, the last question and the reason I kind of delayed the All-NBA stuff until now, so uh, regularly wrong, so I like the handle. Uh, and I know he's a Nets fan as well, so I don't know what That means nothing in the term of the question, but I just wanted you to know that. He's already ripped out my heart enough. <laughs> Um, yeah, his question is basically, what's your All-NBA team? Now, I'm going to assume this is just first team because I really cannot be bothered to name three. I don't, <laughs> I don't have the mental fortitude to name three. Um, <laughs> but if we just quickly go back and read through the team, so the All-NBA first team uh, is Giannis, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, and Jokic. Second team is Randall, Embiid, Lillard, Chris Paul, LeBron. And third is Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Gobert, Kyrie Irving, and Bradley Beal. So I guess, who's your, and I know this is quite off the top of your head, but who would yeah. your first team be? Um, well, yeah, as I said previously, positional designations in these things are stupid. So, yeah, my, yeah. I think my first team would be mostly the same, but then I would bring Embiid up over Kawhi. So I'd be Giannis, Jokic, Curry, Donkic, and Embiid. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty fair. I mean, the only other one I could maybe argue is getting Chris Paul in there. But again, it's it's a question of who you take out rather than who you're bringing up. Yeah. And I, guess, I think, actually, to, but, to be fair, Dame or Donkic is probably a bit closer than um, I sort of indicated there. Um, maybe I'd flip those at a pinch. What, Lillard, and, Lillard and Donkic. Yeah. But that, yeah, either or, I'm sort of fine. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you in that it's, yeah, the... Four out of the five, and then yeah, because I think Embiid had like the most MVP chatter for the whole season outside of Jokic, and then the fact he's not even in the first team. Probably yeah. the only real example of the victim of the position designation in a thing that ultimately doesn't matter too much because, I mean, I'm pretty sure the contract things and like the bonuses and uh, extensions are all about just all NBA selections, not first teams. Yeah. Although it's it's interesting to see the effect of the positional designation. So like Jokic got 99 first team votes and and one second team vote. Clearly he got a second team vote because somebody put Embiid on the first team. Like yeah, yeah which know. is an agree. It's not an outrageous vote, but when you have to force those two together, then yes, it kind of is. Yeah. Well, I think the egregious thing is that like I know we haven't been through the rest of the the teams yet, but the fact that Jason Tatum missed out altogether despite having more votes than yeah, that was Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Um, like an, a, an obvious snub. I'd say Tatum, Tatum's probably the only one. And, like, I understand why he's not there. Didn't particularly have a great start to this, or certainly not at the level that people expected, but he finished very strong. Um, yeah. And certainly was pretty good in the playoffs on a team that's sort of 
I don't want to say at the end of their run, but certainly uh, didn't shape up as well as they were expecting or should have. Yeah, well, I mean, the fallout from Boston has been large, and it's large and in charge. <laughs> large and questionable, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we'll just wait to see. Danny Age is going to um and ah all off season, and then eventually stay on as head coach. As um, as head coach, yes, uh, stay on as the GM. <laughs> imagine, imagine if they just swapped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone else? I mean, Julius Randle is probably fair enough in the second team. He, his season was very good, and he dragged New York, but uh, yeah. Probably not worthy of first team. LeBron being in second team just screams, it's LeBron, we can't really have him in the third team, even though he probably... I think he's made a third Again, team. it's a question. It's, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he has. But also, like, I'm looking at the teams now, like, who do you really... Like, no one's really making a huge case. No. It's more just, you'd probably just have Gobert and LeBron swap, and it'd be fine. But again, it's the whole, we can't have more than one centre. Yeah, like it really should I mean, just you, be like the five best guys rather than yeah shoehorning. Yeah, um, like do you want to go through second and third now? No, I was just um, making. No, no, I'm not saying like pick outs. I'm just saying like yeah, looking at second. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I probably I mean, wouldn't have had Randall. Um, but then I, I think Gobert was probably deserving of a second. Um, and and again, the center thing, uh, the positional designation for center both helps and hinders centers. If there's four of them, it really sucks. But if there's um, less than three, it really helps someone get in. Yeah. Um, I think there was clearly three this year, so it didn't really matter. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, pretty fine with the second. Third gets a bit more. We can chop and change guys, and it's like. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Um, like Jimmy Butler, Paul George, even like Irving missed a few games here and there. Bradley, I, Bill, I, I don't know very, about very that. fair enough. Yeah, I think Beal's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. Gobert, obviously, I said I would have put him on second. Um, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's an odd thing. Like my, I probably would have put Randall on third, but I don't know. Um. So just swap Gobert and Randall. Yeah, I guess. But then it's like you said with LeBron, he's hard to place this season um yeah. and then looking at guys that missed so yeah tatum so, t- technically had more points than kyrie yeah, irving the, all, all nba third team should have just had a slot that said the the brooklyn superstar that played whatever game <laughs> somehow get all three of them on but just for one spot because that's what it feels like um, there were certain points of the season where Harden was that good, where KD was and where Kyrie was. Like it's in- yeah. it's interesting to me that Kyrie is gets is the one that makes it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, looking at the points, like he made it by twenty points over Harden, um, and then yeah. Durant, albeit forward, voting um, forty points over him. Yeah, interesting. Obviously, Anthony Davis not on the team. I mean. Yes. Interesting. It's not interesting in that he deserves to be there because I don't think he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd injured. Uh, I mean, interesting that he got votes, to be honest. But I guess the the voting did loom, did range decently. Yeah. Um, did uh, Jeremy Grant get any votes? Unfortunately, not. <laughs> it's Zion would have been interesting. Any votes. Unfortunately, not. I, nah, I don't really. think um, 
don't think any Pistons players got a vote since. Oh, what? Did Derek Rose get a vote? The, the interesting. So the fans didn't vote on this. What's going on? <laughs> so no Rose votes. Yeah, no, okay. no Rose votes. Like, like I was. Sorry. Blake Griffin. The the it wasn't taken during the playoffs. <laughs> Can you believe? Like, oh, the, the Pistons fans must be feeling sick watching Griffin do all these dunks, and then like you, any Pistons fan you see on Twitter is just like, eh. Well, I mean, met in the point of you're now in a better position than you were with Blake, anyway. Technically speaking, like yeah, it was yeah, the good, the also, good season like, with Blake. We sort of the, drag you to yeah. the playoffs to get smashed. Well, that's what I'm saying. At least yeah. the seg- the segment that I follow and interact with kind of recognizes that he basically dragged his body off the like hospital bed. Yeah. To, yes, to get thumped by the, the Bucks, but still like he's done enough for the franchise that we're like like, well, we don't like it does look it's done. Like we're not really losing much sleep over it because yeah, now we've got like a whole bunch of those guys. And yeah, happy for our guy Bruce Brown as well. <laughs> Floater Bruce Brown. Also yes, I geez, I can't believe I forgot this. But yeah, talking about third team, I Maybe it seems worse now because of the playoffs, but it is surprising that uh, Mitchell or Booker didn't factor larger in voting. I did say Booker. You obviously just didn't hear me, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it's one of those ones that looks worse given that we've had two round, nearly two rounds of the playoffs and particularly yeah. Mitchell been insane. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's those sort of look. I think they might factor more in voting next year, given sort of the the got playoffs. Under their belt now. Yeah, and that like, they're changing. They're changing the mind of people and the perception of them. Um, well, I think I saw. I think I saw someone say like way earlier in the season that the award voting is effectively for the current season and the previous playoffs. Which I mean, it's probably not yeah. how it's meant to be. That's, they're, they're yeah. that's true. very true. I mean, yeah. the, the Jimmy Butler yes. team. Living off that finals. Well, he got seven first-team votes as well. I just... Um, it's... and Like, I'm not... It's only so many fine. Like, I, I don't know what, how... Yeah. I don't know. Right, well, I'm looking at the, the clock, and I think we've made good time. Um, is there any... <laughs> Any uh, final things you wanted to get off your chest before we leave? Um, I'm, I'm fine. You know, it's the box season isn't over, but it's been over twice before. So maybe <laughs> maybe they pull it out. Um, Bud maybe. pulls it out to save his job. Then we're subjected yeah. to another season of this. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so just one last thing before we go. On the spot, who wins the finals? Finals. Oh, geez. Um, I have a se- sneaky suspicion that the Suns might win, and it does sort of annoy me a little bit because they're going to do it <laughs> the, the first time without any sort of failures. But in the you same sense, win, like, yeah. But yeah, in the same sense, like Chris Paul getting a ring is probably the, the I don't want to say happy outcome, but like the cool out, cool narrative outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Especially. For- lose this series then you'll just jump on that wagon i assume but like in in the same sense if the bucks lose to the nets like i also want the nets to win because it's just like oh there was a, they were a juggernaut they could never be beaten anyway like that sort of <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's always it's always like comforting to know that you lost to the winner yes 
that's like it was the same thing in 2016 when the Pistons like won eight series against the Cavs. Like you know, yeah. <laughs> like we we have if there was any other team, it would have been in with a shout. But you know, because it was the Cavs, they won. Uh, yeah, look, I I think I'm I'm probably going to Suns Nets finals at this mm. rate, just because the Bucks can't seem to get out of their own way. I um, feel like I I mean it's hubris talking about it now anyway, but I I'm not sure about the like if the Bucks happen to overcome the Nets. They would probably become like quote unquote favourites, and I'm not sure about that because a, a Suns or Jazz finals yeah. would scare me a little well, bit as well. The Bucks were two, the two teams going sorry, into two, Game Five. Yeah, given the way that they sort of flipped the series, I was just going to say yeah. that the Suns and Jazz just happen to be two teams as well that Butter and Bucks have struggled with, particularly on the road as well. So yeah. yeah. But no, I, I'm going to Suns Nets finals. I'm gonna yeah I'm. I want the Suns to win. I think that. that's a um, that the, the the forces of good and evil is that yeah NBA that's finals. I'm, I'm, but yeah, so if obviously KD keeps this up, which he most likely will, and then I don't know when Irving's meant to return if he's meant to return. Yeah. Um, and then obviously they just need Harden to just keep doing what he's doing. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's a, I didn't say, it, but that's that was the annoying thing about the game today is that Harden was actively hurting. The Nets. Uh, there was, there were, and I hate to bring it up, but uh, I only watched like the last five minutes or so because I was on my lunch break. But yeah. I tuned in, and I think one of the first things I saw was Giannis posting up Harden and then just oh, taking God. a fade away on the baseline. That yeah, absolute brick. And like, I yeah, think, I really I, yeah, like hot take. But if Giannis can get some form of like go-to post move more than a three-pointer, he'll be a much more lethal player in the in the playoffs. A go-to post move more than just bullying someone. Well, that, I wouldn't consider that like a post move. That's his transition play is like the greatest ever. But like, yeah, if he can yeah. get some sort of like, yeah, work on the footwork maybe. Um, but yeah, as we've seen in this playoffs, like if you've got a star that can make shots, that's just become, like I know it's always been like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the value of those guys is just going up. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, I think we've done a pretty, you know, we've done a pretty complete job here. Um, yeah, you, you're just going to end up co-hosting this, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah, so I know you don't tweet much anymore, um, but yeah, where can our loyal listener follow you? Um, at Tim R. Ray, W-R-A-Y. Yes, uh, and obviously you can follow me at Ben S. Clagg and you can follow the podcast at Beyond T Fence and um, also on the website at beyondthefence.com.au. Yes, that's correct. Don't even know my own website. That's great. Um, and until next time, uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.